0: The network marketing industry has changed dramatically in the last decade. With the advent of social media, digital marketing, the rise of the influencer, and all the tech platforms that promise something extraordinary, how do you separate the helpful from the hype? Welcome to Beyond the Network Marketing Dream, where authenticity and relationships, simplicity and duplication are at the core of everything we focus on. The fundamentals of building still work join us as we go beyond the network marketing dream
1: well today i am with nikki koho and nikki it is exciting to be with you you are the ceo and co-founder of the direct selling world alliance and leader at the coach excellence school and are you the founder and president there as well yes that's awesome and it's great to have you on you know as i read up on your background. You've been around the industry a really long time. You have some incredible insight that I think, again, is meaningful to our guests, leaders in the network marketing industry and C-level, C-suite executives, CEOs, and network marketing companies. We're all working on trying to get better and learn, and I think you've got an awful lot to share, and I'm excited to dive in with you.
2: Thank you so much, and I'm glad to be here, and aloha to everyone
1: yes you'll be celebrating thanksgiving which i told nikki it almost seems a little odd but she's going to be outside in the beautiful weather celebrating thanksgiving
2: (laughs) yes it is beautiful
0: (laughs) that's
1: exciting well nikki i want to dive right in you know i think we're at an interesting time in network marketing and i think we've got an opportunity as an industry to really turn the corner and do some incredible stuff But on the other side of it, kind of a two-edged sword, it's a bit of a dangerous time, I think, in some ways for network marketing companies if they don't remember who the customer is. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Who is the customer? If you're an enterprise, you're a network marketing company, who is the customer and why?
2: Your distributor is the first customer. That's the one you've got to really pay attention to in keeping them happy and excited about what we're doing. Their customer is the consumer. So you kind of have two layers there, but you've got to take care of the distributors in order for them to have a desire to go out and get new customers.
1: It seems like today that is shifting a little, though. A lot of companies and there's a lot of buyouts. There's a lot of consolidation in the industry. And I think sometimes the leadership that comes in maybe doesn't understand that. And they think the customer is the person buying the product, what's the danger?
2: The danger is that if you bypass your distributors and you go direct to the customers, you're competing with your own distributors. And that's a surefire way to have them exit pretty quick. They don't want to compete with the company. The company wants to support the distributor so that they can gain more customers and users and they can grow and develop the company as a whole. So bypassing them is not a smart idea.
1: And the trust is so paramount, a network marketing organization. If the leadership loses trust, that they can trust the company, how does this play out sometimes? I mean, what do we see as the outcomes when companies don't understand who the customer is? When I think of, right off the top of my head, I'm like, well, sometimes companies think they can sell direct. Mm -hmm. And so they don't realize in the process of selling direct in any way, shape or form, That they're violating the trust with the field.
2: That's absolutely true. And without trust, you really don't have anything. There's not going to be the loyalty if they don't trust the ownership. And the field starts to get worried when the company is sending direct promotion to the customer. So they've got all that information. The field starts to think, are they going to bypass us? Are they going to go direct to consumer? They have all of our contacts already. But what they forget is They have the past context, but the future context are not going to be that easy to acquire because you let go of the marketing arm or the people that are doing that work.
1: It's a dangerous spot to be in. And then you've got, I think it's influenced some by some of the digital marketers, is that you Mm -hmm. see all this retail sales that's going on in the digital world or influencers that pop in and sell a bunch quickly. And I think the companies get distracted. Is that what you think is happening or what? Why is this happening so much now, maybe a decade ago?
2: I think people are more aware of digital marketing. I think companies see the quick sale. I think they see not having to deal with all of their field and their leaders, not having all the incentives and expense on that end that they see going to the field. They're not real sure of which direction to go. So people are dipping their toe in the water right now, Mm -hmm. trying to add this to their Mm -hmm. mix but they've got to be aware that money's got to come from somewhere. If they just add an influencer program or add on for customer acquisition, things like that, and they're paying, that money's got to come from somewhere. Generally, that happens when they adjust the compensation plan for the field. And we all know that that type of adjustment, and the word change is what we never want them to use. Retaining the compensation plan is not a smart thing to say. When they make those adjustments, they're gonna lose some people because they are worried that the company is gonna take over this whole part of what's happening. So the power of
1: network marketing, the positive side is is that companies really don't have to deal with spending marketing dollars. They don't have to spend a bunch on advertising. They don't have to do pay click and they don't have to create or compete with the massive amount of digital spend traditional retail companies have to do today just to stay relevant they can just funnel that money direct to the distributor base but what you're saying is if you try to bridge that and you try to live in both worlds basically there's not enough money to go around you got to decide who you are
2: and when they're confused or when they're trying to grab on to more what happens is you start to lose this trust with the field Mm -hmm. And then they sort of, I'll watch, I'll sit back and see what happens and you lose momentum. And then the company gets very panicked when they see themselves losing momentum. No, we got to jump in big time over here. So it's a very difficult trap.
1: Yeah, it's hard. And I think in some ways, the good news is going through the pandemic and COVID, I think without person to person interaction, and we lost some of the meetings and the ship almost got oversteered, which immediately you think, well, that's bad. But in some ways, I think people are learning their lesson. Like you can't depend on influencers to build a sticky business. What are your thoughts?
2: I think the companies have got to go back to rebuilding that community and that feeling where people feel they belong. They they want to participate, whether they're making a lot of money or not, they want to be a part of the community. I think what happened for many companies was they got away from this whole piece of having people feel that they belong. And it was partly, you know, we had to do everything Zoom. They stopped all their national conferences. They stopped the leadership conference and people got disconnected. And I think Mm -hmm. we got to get back to that feeling of community.
1: What do you see? I mean, are people coming to that conclusion? Are they getting that idea or do you think they're still holding on to that, what I call the digital side?
2: Some companies are and some aren't. And the ones that aren't are really in trouble right now. The newer companies that are coming into this space, what's exciting about that? Because I do a lot of consulting work with companies. And the ones that are new and coming in see the value from the beginning with having some influencers. And then they come in at a different place knowing that they're not going to be there forever and always. And they're not really part of the real community. They're just kind of on the outside. They can upgrade and become a distributor. And the other thing that companies that are saying, hey, you can do more than one company, because we all know that in the gig economy, people are doing more than one. But <laughs> our old school companies are still sticking with, hey, you only have one place to be, and you got to choose and it's us or nothing
1: Yeah, that's a whole can of worms so we should Mm -hmm. talk about that one for a minute i don't think we've done that on this podcast is the old school way was you're committed to us it's like a marriage this Mm -hmm. is it and if you go anywhere else you're violating your agreement i mean not only is it not the modern way of doing it it's not necessarily healthy but let me be devil's advocate for a minute How do they protect the distributor base? If you're a company that says, listen, if we create enough value, you will stay here and you will focus on building. If we don't create enough value, you may go do some other stuff and we're going to give you our blessing, but we don't want you stealing the organization that you've built over here and moving them around. What's your feeling on that? How do they bridge that so they can serve themselves and the distributor that might want to do something else.
2: I think part of that is the no cross recruitment because all those people aren't mine. I didn't personally sponsor those people. There are people in my organization that sponsored it. So I'm hurting their business if they choose to stay. So I agree that you shouldn't take your people with you. But if you choose to do something else, you can build something on the other side without disrupting your first existing organization.
1: And so you just ask every distributor to sign something that clearly stated you can do other things but the minute you post anything or you try to cross recruit if anybody were to sign an affidavit against you you would lose your book of business so you just try to draw very clear lines communicate really clearly but you're not trying to hold them captive for a lifetime
2: yes and the other thing about that social media kind of changed all that because when somebody has a personal page, they're going to post what they're doing and where they are, that they're not specifically going and writing to those people, calling those people and going after them. That is tasteless. That is not a good thing, but they got to be careful with how they're going into the new business.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we're in that day and age. You just have to allow people to have, that was what network marketing is all about. Have the freedom and the flexibility. And we live in the gig economy. I mean, you're Somebody's driving Uber and they're working their network marketing part job business Mm -hmm. part-time and they've got a job over here for 15 or 20 hours. Just create more value and they'll spend more time building with you.
2: A dear friend of mine, John Fleming, wrote the book, The Ultimate Gig. And he is very strong on the thoughts or the choices that what the gig economy offers is choice. And people want choices, particularly the young people. There are people that are a little bit afraid of putting all their eggs in one basket so they feel safer going across a couple of different companies. And I was always told, you can't chase two rabbits. You'll never catch either one. Well, sometimes there are instances that you can. And I think companies really need to take a look at this.
1: And if they put themselves in the distributor's shoes, then they have to realize like, there are no guarantees. And sometimes somebody might want to work Two or three businesses feel it out, get comfortable, Mm -hmm. see where their home is, and then they can choose. And by cutting them off and saying you can't do that out of the gate, you just don't get to be one of the three. You're missing out on a pretty big market, especially the more experienced distributor.
2: And really, it's pretty much the legacy companies that are doing this. The newer companies aren't.
1: Right. That is super interesting. So, two big concepts here. One is, This idea that companies should allow people to participate in multiple opportunities. And then also that companies need to understand who the customer is and they really need to build trust with the distributor. Any other big concepts, any other big changes that you're seeing out there that are valuable for people to understand, whether you're a distributor or as an enterprise, as a company servicing the industry?
2: I'm going to say something further about that trust. Because mm-hmm. trust comes with transparency. Trust comes with positive, good communication with your field. Trust mm-hmm. comes with working with your leaders first before the big announcements so that they're on board and have all their questions answered, because they are the ones that are going to have to field those questions from their organizations. So I think that that is a big factor. The big trends are compensation and how it's written and how it works. Making sure that we're, customer acquisition is on the mm-hmm. forefront, that by the distributor, because of
1: the FTC and all the uh, things that are happening there.
2: Yes, that's basically what that's about. And the third thing is being more open to all diversity, all ethnic, all ages. We don't just show on the website middle-aged people and all our marketing materials. I had a company, and it's a big company, and they just said, hey, will you look at this and give us your blessing? Tell us what you <laughs> think. And I looked at it. There was not anyone that wasn't Caucasian. There wasn't anyone that was two parents with two children. I mean, all the pictures that were in there were looking for a particular target of a kind of person and the others wouldn't feel welcome. I think we've got to really be aware of what messages we're sending.
1: That makes sense. On the other side of that, when you think about things like branding and compensation, you do see all these outside consultants come in and the first thing they want to do is they want to adjust the branding or they want to adjust the compensation Mm -hmm. and Talk to me a minute about something that's near and dear to my heart, but I think that 90% of the business, of course, there's leadership development and culture, and these things are so important, but Mm -hmm. if an individual wants to succeed in network marketing, it's the quantity of the exposures, the quality of the follow-up, and consistency of the follow-up, and then teaching one and two, and it almost sometimes seems like a lost art. People are sitting behind social, posting stuff, and they think, that is an exposure. They've Mm -hmm. lost the art of personal connection, of reaching out, of having a conversation, of making a friend, of asking somebody to look at something that is meaningful, that might resonate with them, and then following up effectively. How does that fit into this, that we get caught into compensation, branding, and all these different things when at its heart and soul back when, not to get long-winded here, but Nikki, when I started, it was a VHS tape, a fax, a phone, and a meeting. Like it was so simple. And we just taught people communication skills.
2: I think that people are looking for an easy way. I've had people say this, you don't really have to sell. You just have to connect with them on social media. Uh, yeah, And yeah. if no product is being sold, nobody's making any money. So we really have to have some skills in that area. First of all, don't tell people this is easy. This is for the field and the company. This is easy. You don't really have to sell. If you don't have to sell, we don't need you. And the right. other part of it is, is that when we say it is the product sells itself. No, the product doesn't sell itself. You sell the product. We have old sayings that we use for a lot of years, throw them on the wall and see who sticks and they die a slow death fall off the wall. We've got to change our vernacular And to let people know these are all humans and we want to engage them. We don't need to convince people anymore. We can engage them so they willingly walk through the door and participate in what we're doing. So communication skills, I think in some ways it's a lost art. And it's partly because of texting. The kids texted. I watched a family the other day at dinner. It was two children and two parents. And the mother texted her son what did he want to eat. For dinner, what did he want to order? And he said, I already texted you. It's like, can't we just talk and put your device away and just talk? I think we've got to get back to training on communication, asking questions, listening, learning to listen, building relationships, building rapport, how that all works to really have solid relationships and connections with people in this business so they don't want to go anyplace else.
1: I love it. Yeah. It is a bit of a dichotomy. We always avoided the word sell. But Mm -hmm. you and I both know that, yes, you have to sort. And yes, you have to share. And no, you don't have to convince. I always use the simple discovery sizzle invitation. Mm -hmm. Ask some questions, build some rapport, create a little excitement, and then invite them to the next step in the process. And that's the sales part. Like I have to be creative in how I invite them to the next step to make a decision. We avoid the word sales so much, which I do get because the average person hates sales, but to pretend that we don't have to learn any of those skills at all is disingenuous at at Mm -hmm. the least.
2: It's really learning how to connect with people, how to build relationships with people. The sale follows when you have done that, when they trust you. When they can see you're of service to them. It's not about you. We have five principles that we teach in our coach school and they are applicable to every company. They spell the word STAIR, S-T-A-I-R, service, trust, authenticity, integrity, and respect.
1: Say it one more time. I love that.
2: Yes. You're of service to your customer and the company is of service to the distributors trust there's got to be mutual trust you build trust trust isn't automatic and there's certain things that you can do to build trust with people and part of that is just being interested in them and it's not all about you The a stands for authenticity being real don't try to be somebody else don't try to be that superstar be yourself just be who you are who you are is more than enough the i is for integrity that's doing the right things even when people aren't looking companies must operate in integrity Leaders must operate in integrity in order for people to trust them. I Mm -hmm. mean, they're all connected. And the R is respect, showing respect for that distributor, showing respect to the company, showing respect to the customer. And in some instances, I think respect is lost. People think they got to tell everybody what to do and you're supposed to listen. And by the way, in direct selling, nobody signed up for this business, network marketing, to have a boss. They didn't. They left that boss. They want to be independent. So that's why we must teach people what to do. But then we want to coach them to draw from them if they're not doing it. There's something there. There's a limiting belief. Fear of success, fear of failure, fear of no. I mean, there's a ton of fear that stops people from being successful in the business. So we got to learn how to get that out of the way for people.
1: I love that stare. That's really Awesome. And it's so true in the business. It is a lost art, I think.
2: That's a foundational piece that we've got to get back to all the way And around. are you
1: teaching that through organization or? Yes,
2: it's part of our curriculum. And, through and the
1: Coach Excellence School Excellent or through School. Direct Selling World Alliance or both? Well,
2: it's DSWA Coach Excellence School. DSWA actually owns uh, Coach Excellence School, but it is a separate division because we do a lot of schools all over the world.
1: What we do at Rapid Funnel is, we call it authentic sharing technology, and it's the bridge between the social world and the authenticity that is necessary. And so that's why I love that stair concept is mm-hmm. how important integrity and respect and authenticity is to the nature, the fundamentals of networking. Those things are not really true. No matter how much we try to say them, the Kardashians do not give a about you as an individual. I mean, no offense, but really they're not taking your personal phone call. And that's the power. What's so exciting about network marketing today is that the average person is seeing more than 5,000 digital impressions a day and everybody is fighting for that. And there's nothing that cuts through that like a relationship and authenticity. Yes. And I think that's the power the future of network marketing, if we can get it right. And that's what you're talking about. I just think my goal here is not to tell you how on point you are, but I mean, you're just so on point with your message.
2: Thank you. We've been working in this whole profession for many, many, many years. (laughs) We started DSWA 21 years ago and the Coach Excellence School, we started teaching about coaching right out of the gate. And then we started the school about 15, maybe 20 years ago. So it's been a wonderful adventure. So I think we really have our finger on the pulse of what's happening, and we want to be of service to the people. We do.
1: Well, that's awesome. Obviously, they can find you pretty easily on the internet today, but if somebody's looking for consulting or coaching or what have you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
2: Well, our website is dswa.org, but the best way is probably just to personally email me, and that's at Nikki, N-I-C-K-I, at dswa.org, nikki at dswa.org. I'm excited for 2023 with some great new things happening. And I'm looking forward to just meeting more people. It was hard to not be going out and being <laughs> at conventions and conferences. And right. But I'm ready to go again. So <laughs> let's get things happening here.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Great being with you, Nikki. Thanks for being on the show.
0: Thank you. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Network Marketing Dream with Patrick Shaw. For more insights on building a solid networking business, visit our website at rapidfunnel.com slash MLM. If you loved our content, please share, like, and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.